Welcome in to Lockdown Blackhawks for Thursday, November 21st, 2019. My name is Jay Zawoski. This show is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. If you have a team aside from the Blackhawks, chances are there's a Lockdown Podcast about that team. Cubs fans, White Sox fans, Bears fans, you're all covered on the Lockdown Podcast Network, so check out those podcasts if you can. A lot to get to in today's podcast. Some news from yesterday, Toronto fired head coach Mike Babcock. Not a total surprise, but maybe happened a little sooner than expected. There's been some chatter about the Blackhawks potentially taking a look. I'll tell you what I think about that. The Blackhawks will honor Brian Campbell with one more shift tonight at the United Center. I want to get into his impact and his meaning uh, to the Blackhawks organization. I think there's something significant about Campbell that uh, gets overlooked from time to time. We'll also go behind enemy lines to preview the Tampa Bay Lightning, tonight's opponent. Uh, first, want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. Obviously, you found the podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Most importantly, five-star reviews, positive reviews are all very helpful for the podcast, so I appreciate those when you can leave them. Email LockedOnBlackHawks at gmail.com. You can follow the show's Twitter account as well, at LO underscore Blackhawks. Send us a voicemail, 708-653-0572. While you're on Twitter, by the way, make sure to follow my personal account, at jzawoski670, and my other Hawks podcast, the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. New episode dropped yesterday, literally moments before Mike Babcock was fired. James Naveau and I had a discussion about it, but my opinion changed during the course of the day. We'll get to that in the show's next segment. We got some a uh, little bit of a minor trade the Blackhawks made on Wednesday. They acquired uh, forward Joseph Cramarosa from the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for forward Graham Knott. Minor league trade, Cramarosa is 27. He had three points in nine games with Wilkes-Barre Scranton in the AHL. Uh, so just a minor league transaction, but anytime these things happen, you want to sort of pass it along and uh, share it. Who knows what this means for his NHL future, but I can't I can't see uh, Joseph Cremarosa being a big part of the Blackhawks' plans, but a minor transaction made nonetheless. Anyway, tonight, the Blackhawks are going to honor Brian Campbell with one more shift, and as this is the 10-year anniversary of the 2010 Stanley Cup teams, we're going to see some of these guys brought out throughout the course of the season and honored as they should be. David Boland already had a night this year. Uh, again, Brian Campbell this evening. And when these things come around, I sort of spend some time reflecting on the impact these players had. And one thing about Brian Campbell that I think sometimes gets overlooked, he signed as a free agent the first day of free agency in the summer of 2008. And it was kind of the worst kept secret in the world that the Blackhawks wanted Brian Campbell Everyone knew that he was on a radar. Everyone knew they were going to do everything they could do to sign him. What I think people forget is before that signing, the Blackhawks were never major players in free agency. Whenever they would make a signing in free agency, it would always be either a big-name veteran at the end of their career like Theo Fleury or Doug Gilmore or it would be like a second fiddle kind of guy they would rely on to come in and, and be more than, they, than they've ever been. Like John Clem is a good example of that. He was a nice defenseman for the Avalanche, a depth defenseman, 
The Hawks paid John Clem to come in here and be a number one defenseman, and it didn't work. Those were the sort of signings that the Blackhawks made back in the day. So for them to pursue and land a marquee or the marquee free agent of that free agent signing period was huge. That was the first time that's happened in my memory. And that, to me, signaled an arrival for the Blackhawks. That was the top free agent available, identifying Chicago, identifying the Blackhawks organization and the Blackhawks potential future as a destination city to go play for. That, to me, as we started to see Taves and Kane and Keith and Seabrook grow, when we saw recognition, or when I saw recognition from a marquee player from another team taking note of the Blackhawks and their growth, that to me sort of confirmed my confidence in the direction the team was going. The next summer, the Blackhawks did it again and signed Marion Hosa, and the rest is history. But that Brian Campbell signing was so important and so impactful to the Blackhawks championships and to the Blackhawks dynasty of the 2010s. Who knows? If they don't land Brian Campbell, they probably don't get to the Western Conference final that year. Marion Hosa probably doesn't get as impressed with the Blackhawks as you did. That can change the course of a franchise's history. Dale Talon paid out his ass for Brian Campbell, and that deal quickly became unpalatable and they had to do what they could to move the deal. But Campbell played well. Yes, he was overpaid, but they did what they had to do to get the signing done. And the way things were for the Blackhawks back then, they had to overpay, and they were typically unwilling to do it. To see them pay for a free agent, land the free agent, to me that signified an arrival, and I'm really excited to see Brian Campbell honored at tonight's game. And I hope that in the discussions that are had during the game and on the pregame, that that element of Brian Campbell's time with Chicago and his decision to join Chicago comes up because I think it's an overlooked part of things. Everyone talks about the Marion Hosa signing, and with good reason. That might be the greatest free agent signing in Chicago sports history. It might be. Think about that. Cubs fans would say John Lester. John Lester has won one championship. Marion Hosa signed here in his prime, won three championships, and did everything that was expected of him and more as a member of this team. So to me, I don't think there's any question that Marion Hosa is the greatest free agent signing in Chicago sports history. But without the Brian Campbell signing, maybe the Marion Hosa signing never happens. It is Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Every day, Jay Zawoski with you here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the support. This is episode 39 of Lockdown Blackhawks. Really unbelievable that it's been that many already. And a brief confession, uh, this is the first time for the 39 shows I've done where I was about to head up to bed and realized, oh my God, I forgot to do the podcast. (laughs) This is the first day that's happened. I'm sure it will happen again. I'm sure at some point... In the life of this podcast, there will be a day I just plumb forget to record the podcast. Hopefully, it's not soon. Hopefully, it happens in the offseason where it's not as big of a deal. But I truly almost forgot to record this evening's podcast. So glad uh, around 10 p.m. 
I realized, oh my God, I have to head down there and do it. Part of the reason I almost forgot was because earlier yesterday I recorded a Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with my partner James Neveau. We did the podcast in the morning, then shortly after it posted in the afternoon, the Toronto Maple Leafs announced the firing of Mike Babcock. And during the Madhouse podcast, we had a listener email that said, if Babcock gets fired, should the Blackhawks pursue him? And my thought was initially, hell yeah. You've got one of the most respected coaches in the National Hockey League, a Stanley Cup winner, a guy who's coached the Canadian national teams and international play, a guy who's highly respected. And I sort of chalked up Toronto's struggles to the pressure of just playing in that market. And as the day went on, I started texting some sources and talking to some people around the league and around the game about Babcock, and the constant refrain I received was, the game has passed him by, he is inflexible and stubborn, he will play guys who don't deserve to play over guys that do because of a work ethic situation. So I have completely flip-flopped in what, maybe the course of eight hours, my opinion on this. I thought it made sense for the Blackhawks to through some back channels, obviously you don't want to, you know, neuter Jeremy Cowton in front of the whole world. That's a little graphic, but you know what I mean? You don't want to take his legs out from under him in front of the whole world, but you send a representative to talk to Mike Babcock and see how he feels about the Blackhawks, what his vision for the team might be. But after talking to several people around the league and people without really a horse in the race, they're not into it. It just, it, I don't know if Toronto will be Mike Babcock's last stop. It feels like these coaches always seem to end up finding work again, but I'm surprised that the reaction was so universally negative to Chicago taking a look at Mike Babcock. And if you saw Mike Commodore, the former hockey player on Twitter, just really kind of go off about Babcock in general, just profanity-laced tweets about his time with him. And here's one tweet. This one's actually clean. Folks, I'll be honest, I had a nice, quiet evening planned tonight, but circumstances have changed. It's a night for celebration, celebrating the demise of Mike Babcock. This is Mike Commodore. The Twitter account is at Kami22. Here's another tweet from earlier in the day. Hey, Mike Babcock, simply put your players quit on you. They quit on you because you're a terrible human being. You're an average coach with an extremely oversized ego. You finally got exactly what you deserve, you selfish the hockey world is ecstatic. This is something you don't see very much. And look, Mike Commodore, you've got to qualify this. Mike Commodore is a uh, he's a guy who on Twitter looks for reaction often. He is a guy who will stir things up for the sake of stirring things up sometimes. But you're seeing him make it very, very personal and very specific about Mike Babcock and I'm not going to say the people I've talked to around the league have the same exact feeling about Babcock. It's a lot more clean and maybe a lot less aggressive, but that feeling of overrated, big ego, unwilling to adjust is something I heard over and over and over again. And I'm guilty, I suppose, of being a little out of town stupid on Mike Babcock. All I've heard for the last 10 years is how this guy is a hockey genius and one of the best coaches in the game. And I bought into it, but man, the reaction I got today was harsh. And 
always the same theme over and over again about Mike Babcock. And look, it wasn't it wasn't personal all the time. Some people were just like, look, I don't I don't think it's a good idea as a coach because he just is unwilling to change what he wants to do and he makes up his mind on players and yada yada yada. That's not a healthy thing to have around any hockey team. And I think Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas in Toronto sort of realized that early and well, not early, but, you know, in time before it got way out of hand. They've got a young team with a lot of young stars. Yes, their defense is not great, uh, but they're loaded up front, and they should be a hell of a lot more competitive than they've been this year. So they they did not waste any time in firing Mike Babcock. So interesting. I'm really interested to see if he's going to end up with another NHL job soon. And I want to sort of spend a little bit of time, too, saying, like, yes, there's a concern that the that Jeremy Cowan would find out that they've gone behind his back and asked about another coach. But look, we're two weeks removed from the Ivory Tower meeting, the uh, get it together or else talk. So I don't know if it'd be a total surprise that they're at least considering other options. But uh, again, based on what I've heard today, I'm staying far away from Mike Babcock and my out of town stupidness was exposed. So <laughs> it's going to happen now and again. I've told you guys listening to Lockdown Blackhawks and on the Madhouse podcast, I'm not afraid to be wrong. I'm not afraid to admit mistakes. And uh looks like I was wrong here on Mike Babcock. I think the game may have passed him by. I'm just, I really want to see, is he going to get hired by another team? Will it be this year? Maybe he'll go the Joel Quenville route and just chill out for a year, weigh his options and try to cherry pick the ideal job. Uh But man, something I think, you know, two months ago, if you were sort of handicapping which coaches might be fired, I'm not sure a lot of people would have had Mike Babcock on the top of that list. It's time to go behind enemy lines and scout tonight's opponent, the Tampa Bay Lightning, here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team Every day, the Lightning are having a down year, to say the least. They are 9-7-2 with 20 points in 18 games. That gives them the sixth wildcard spot. They're behind Ottawa, Toronto, Buffalo, Philly, and Pittsburgh for the wildcard spots. They have only played 18 games, so that's something. They have a lot of games in hand on those teams. But this is a year removed from one of the best seasons in NHL history. Last year's Tampa Bay Lightning went 62-16-4 for 128 points. They were plus 103 in goal differential. Then the playoffs began where they were swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in a series in which they were outscored 19-8. to So this season, again, 9-7-2 with 20 points in 18 games. The Blackhawks are 9-8-4 with 22 points in 21 games. Goal differential, Tampa Bay is plus 3. The Blackhawks are dead even. In the last 10 games, Tampa Bay is 5-4-1 compared to 6-2-2 for the Blackhawks. The Lightning have lost two in a row. That was a 3-1 loss at St. Louis and a 4-3 loss versus Winnipeg. The Hawks, as everybody knows, lost to Carolina Tuesday night 4-2. When we look at the Corsi percentages, Tampa is 16th with a 49.87%. That's 776 shot attempts for 
versus 780 against. The Chicago Blackhawks are 29th overall in Corsi 4 percentage with a 46.09 percentage, 650 shot attempts for, 775 shot attempts against. High danger scoring chances. Tampa Bay is 7th overall in the league with a 52.48. That's 148 high danger chances for, 134 against. The Blackhawks, on the other hand, 29th with a 45.18 percentage, 178 to 216 high danger chance ratio. When we look at the scoring leaders for the Lightning, all of these players have played 18 games except for, except for Victor Hedman, who, score, who has played in 16 Leading scorer, Steven Stamko, 7 goals, 13 assists, 20 points. Nikita Kucherov, 6 goals, 12 assists, 18 points in 18 games. Victor Hedman, who I said played 16 games, 4 goals, 13 assists for 17 points. Kevin Shattenkirk, 5 goals, 10 assists for 15 points. And Alex Kalorn, 5 goals, 8 assists for 13 points. Let's look look at the Blackhawks scoring leaders no surprise here. Patrick Kane in 21 games has 11 goals and 17 assists for 28 points. His 10-game scoring streak is alive and well. Alex Dabrinkit in 21 games, 5 goals, 12 assists for 17 points. Dylan Strom in 21 games, 4 goals, 12 assists, 16 points. Brandon Saad, 6 goals, 6 assists for 12 points. Jonathan Taves, 4 goals, 7 assists for 11 points. And Kirby Dock in just 15 games has 10 points. Interesting note, by the way, on Kirby Doc. This is from the Blackhawks postgame report. After recording his fifth career assist on Eric Gustafson's third period goal Tuesday night, rookie Kirby Doc is the third different Blackhawk 18-year-old in franchise history to record a point streak of five-plus games. Only Bobby Hull, eight, and Eddie Olchek, five and six, recorded longer point streaks as 18-year-olds with the team. I know that's a very specific stat, but whenever you see Kirby Doc's name or any prospect's name mixed in with company that good and that accomplished, that's a good sign. That's a good thing. And uh, he's been playing very well. Now my question is, do we see the Blackhawks go back to the lines they used at the end of the night on Tuesday? Or do they go back to what had been working uh, since the Vancouver game and beyond? Last night, the third period lines were Kirby Doc centering Alex Dabrinkit and Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves centering Brandon Saad and Andrew Shaw, David Kampf centering Zach Smith and Dominic Kublik, and Ryan Carpenter centering Dylan Strom and Alex Nylander. If it's me, I'm going back to the lines that had been working uh, leading up to that game. I think the line changes worked in the third period. Obviously, the Hawks got back in the game. They got some uh, momentum going after they scored that first goal. And yes, it worked, but I, I do think you don't turn your back on the lines that have been that got you that four-game winning streak and points in six straight. I think they've been pretty solid, pretty good. The only change I'd make, and I said this on yesterday's podcast, I want to give Kirby Doc an extended look on the power play. You see him with the willingness to go in front of the net. You see that he's got good hands in close, uh, near the goalie, in the crease, in the slot. Give him some power play time. Let's see what he can do. You know, Dominic Kubelik has a really nice shot, and we saw that from him a few times this year. We've seen it in, you know, sort of flashes here and there. I'm willing to give him a little time off the power play to get a look at Kirby Doc to see what he can do. And look, add to those point totals. You know, he's his points per game is, is pretty solid. 
Doc has 0.67 points per game. That's fourth on the team behind Patrick Kane, who's 1.3. Alex DeBrinkett, who's 0.81. And Dylan Strom, who's 0.76. That's ahead of Brandon Saad, who's a 0.57. And Jonathan Taves, who's a 0.52. So Doc is showing, even with limited ice time, even with no real special teams time, he's picking up points. Put him on the power play. Use your better offensive players to create offense. What a concept. I'm ready. Doc is a dude who has shown, even in his string bean state, <laughs> he's shown a willingness to go stand in front of the net and make things happen. Uh, been super impressed with Kirby Doc. I know Hawks fans have been as well. And look, man, now's the time. Let's see what these guys can do. Let's give them some opportunities to thrive. What do you have to lose? The power play isn't great. Put Kirby Doc out there. See if he can make some things happen. See if you can start stacking up some points for him. Why not? Give the kid a look. All right, so the Hawks dropped the puck tonight at 7.30. We talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not an overly intimidating team at this point, but I'm not totally sold that they're not better than they're playing. I think history would tell you they've had a couple years in a row, actually, where they've been one of the better teams in the NHL. And, you know, one sort of dictator of how good is a team actually versus the results they're getting, that's PDO. And they're 12th in PDO, 1.012, which is a bit surprising to me. You'd think a team that with that much talent who's been struggling to win games would just be having some rough puck luck. They really haven't been. They've been having pretty average puck luck. So they just need to figure it out. I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe they're one of those teams that can sort of flip the switch as the season goes on. But look, I'm not counting out the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't think anyone is, anyone should be. Uh, they're a very, very solid team loaded with great players. You know, you've got two of their top scorers being defensemen with Victor Hedman and Kevin Shattenkirk. Kucherov had an MVP season last year. Steven Samkos, when healthy, is one of the most lethal scorers in the league. They're, they're a stacked team. They're loaded top to bottom. Andre Vasilevsky is a terrific goaltender. So the Hawks are going to have their work cut out for them. And I guess we could probably say that every night because even looking at the numbers from the winning streak, you know, I wanted to go back and sort of take a look at how the Hawks were doing from that Vancouver game to now. And their advanced stats aren't much different, believe it or not. You'd think that they're, um, you know, they're, they're, Corsi rating and their high danger chances would be up from what they'd been the whole year, and they're really not. The only thing that's elevated during that time is their PDO, and it is top of the league, which indicates the Hawks are getting some pretty fortunate puck luck over the last handful of games. Now, again, small sample size. You also have that 7-2 to win over Nashville, which is going to skew some things in their favor as far as puck luck goes. But this... We've, I've talked about this a lot. This game, followed by five straight games against divisional opponents, is going to tell us a lot about the 2019-2020 Blackhawks. Tampa Bay tonight. Dallas Saturday and Tuesday. Colorado Friday and Saturday. Then the St. Louis Blues on Monday. A lot of tests coming up for the Blackhawks. After that, it's the Boston Bruins. So it's not going to get easier here for the Hawks. Hopefully, they can go out in tonight's game 
start with the energy they finished the game against Carolina with, and they'll have a fighting chance. They've got talent, they can score, and their goaltending's been tremendous. That's what's gotten them to the point they're at now. Can they sustain it? We're going to find out. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Jay Zawoski. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at jayzawoski670. Tell a friend, write a review, leave a five-star rating for Lockdown Blackhawks. We can use your support. I can use your support, and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you again for listening to Locked on Blackhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Talk to you Friday morning. <laughs>